Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Yeah, preseason part two incoming, mid-price tier, position by position. But first, let's talk about our teams and, and shit like that, how, how things have changed since last pod. Because I feel okay. like we didn't really talk about our teams much. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. So, so one of the things we both, like the, the reason I thought of this and brought it up in Slack is because at some point in the, in the last seven days, we've both tinkered in De Bruyne, and I think you've also tinkered him out. So I feel like that's like a major shift in how we talked about him on the premium side. So like, what what drew you towards his his beauty? A lot of it came from re-listening to the last end of season pod when we just kind of looked at City being the best team in the league by far Mm -hmm. and scoring the most goals in the league by far and just wanting pieces and... We obviously still have the same question marks around Kevin as we did when we've been the last couple pods over the last couple weeks, but he's looking good and fit and like vintage Kevin preseason so far. And, you know, his role is still very questionable, but at 9-5, it's just a sweet spot where there really aren't other Man City attacking options. I mean, I'm seeing Sane coming into some people's thoughts because of like Kuhn might be out and stuff like that, but. You know, that's obviously a transfer waiting to happen. And so I, I have been going back and forth, honestly, between him and Bill, who I really haven't been playing with that much, mm. but I have no, you know, real confidence that he's going to take a step forward and be like this fantastic Man City, you know, attacking option. And there's a lot of other good guys around him at eight as well, but it's, it is kind of coveragey, but it's also, I mean, they're still both really quality players. Like, Bill had seven and eight last year. I mean, it doesn't seem unreasonable that he can do something like eight and ten. And if he does that with some bonus points and then getting another, you know, 
bunch of clean sheet points, that should be good enough for an eight million tag. So I don't know. I, I'm. I mean, I'm not in love with Bill, and I love Kevin. So I'm. I, there's a 1.5 difference there. This obviously would rather would go with Kevin, but that was basically it. Was just reevaluating the city. I mean, looking at the fixture, saying okay, look, they're not that good, but every fixture is good for city. So. Just kind of rethinking that whole thing was why I put Kevin in. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, a lot of the same. I mean, I haven't gone back and listened to, to the end of season pod yet. I need to do that. But a lot of the same realizations of just like we're talking about the team with by far the best stats in all of Europe, not even just the Premier League, you know, from an attacking perspective. And there's no sign of slowing down. They just got deeper and fitter and, you know, everything like that. And, I, it's interesting to me you said that Kev's role is a bit questionable because, like, to me, they brought in Rodri, Rodrigo. Like, is it questionable? Like, I feel like Pep always plays with those two free eights. Like, Kev will be one of them, you know, like, at least to start know, the like, season while he's fit. Like, he's, he plays like Dilv. Dilv could be getting forward ahead of him and he's right. deeper. Like, I don't You know, that's what I mean. Yeah. But regardless, like, he looks so good and so fit in preseason, and we know that a fit and good, you know, Kev is is obviously first choice and like one of the best central midfielders in the world. So I feel like, uh, whereas two weeks ago it's like ah eh, I don't know it's risky he might not even like start the season he's coming off an injury now I feel more confident that like well he's fit and looking amazing so he's obviously going to start the season even if like you know he's a huge injury risk because re-injuring all of his leg parts is possible i still feel strongly that he'll start the season well and start game week 1 and we we have the community shield also um to kind of gauge it where city'll probably play their strongest 11 so you know i feel pretty good with kev yeah, yeah. I mean, and the other thing for my team as I'm looking at it is I'm not going with Mo and I have Raz. If, if I do shoehorn Kevin, it, it likely means I would have to give up, you know, that either Aubameyang or Kane, who I've been going, you know, back and forth. But I, it would limit my captaincy options a lot. Right. So that's also coming into it for me. Um, so the other, the other big change I made from well it was putting Laporte right back in. I, I don't know. Oh yeah. All yeah, I yeah. talked about at the end of the season pod was how dumb I was for not owning <laughs> Laporte all season. Yeah. And nothing's changed. He's just the most nailed option there. I'm still I'm starting to come around on Zinchenko a little bit more. Um, what do you think about Zinchenko? That that's been something on my mind recently. Yeah, Zinchenko is the type of player that two or three seasons ago, you and I both 100% nailed into our teams. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, we get to save 0.5 or 1 million and get an equally nailed city player defender to cover and start, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like now as we're like pessimistic, grizzled veterans, you know, I see him and I'm like, yeah, he'll probably start at least the first two game weeks or something like that, but... He's not very good, and they just bought a Spanish-speaking left back, and Danilo can play both sides, and Laporte can play left back, and it's Pep, and I have no confidence that he's going to just keep starting like regularly for the season. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I I understand going with the punt, and you know, it could pay off huge. Like maybe he plays 
starts 32 games this season or something like that. I just don't really see it. I feel like they'll just be like rotation in and out, like fucking they'll buy Delph back and he'll start some games at left back. Like I have no idea what Pep's going to do. And if Sinchenko was like, if Sinchenko had like a monster end of season last season, something like that, putting up like huge attacking numbers and just being incredible, I'd feel a lot strongly, a lot more strongly about him starting. But I just feel like he's like pretty good. Like shrug, like he's okay. He he okay. fills the job. Okay. Any what what else changes for you? Anything significant you want to touch on? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I I guess okay. <clears throat> with the Kev edition, I actually took Laporte out, and as of now, <laughs> I have Ederson as my only city guy. But I think if you have either Ederson or Laporte, you're kind of doing the same thing, and it's kind of fine. Would do you mm. agree with that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, like Laporte will get attack returns, and Ederson will get like one assist. So, but you know, you're saving point five also. But yeah, so I just think there's more. I just have an empty slot in in my fourth defender slot, and I've been rolling out four three three, you know, for a while now. I just just Mm -hmm. don't know who to put in. Like I'll put Dean back in, but with the gay likely transfer, I'm not feeling great about Dean anymore but dude I don't transfer season and room transfer rumors and all it's so annoying I find it so annoying like it was like a fucking week ago everyone's like oh gay to PSG confirmed nailed and I'm like well it hasn't happened like it actually just hasn't happened and then it like it did happen today but keep what? going it did happen today but keep going did it yeah when I checked like an hour ago it still wasn't on like Official websites and shit. Yeah, he's there doing his medical, I think, or something right now. All right, so it'll probably be another week before it actually happens. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like I don't know what's actually happening and what's just like a rumor or whatever. But yeah, I mean, so Dean's in there for now. Um, don't feel great about it, but I mean, we'll get you know deeper into defenders and shit this pod. But there's not like there's not many spots I'm seeing that I like, so it might. If if Gay goes and I get cold feet with Dean and I'm still on triple Liverpool, like I might be changing my formation to mm-hmm. just be three defenders because as of this second, I don't feel really good about any other defender. So I don't know. I don't. I, I think maybe it's a little bit overblown the impact of losing Gay for Dean specifically. I mean, they're still gonna be able to keep some clean sheets. Their fixture run is ridiculous and. Dean's still going to be creating a lot of chances, like sort of out of position. I, it's obviously not good, but I don't think it's going to be as big of a you know thing for FPL like Dean FPL. Personally, I I, I disagree. I mean, it's 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 hard, possibly impossible to quantify like what a defensive midfielder brings for like clean sheets. Like I don't, no one does that math because no one cares about it except FPL players, but. I don't know, cleans are still the bread and butter. Like, if you look at just last season's points, just as an example, like, Doherty had four goals, seven assists. Incredible attacker returns for a defender, but he only had eight cleans. He had less points than Kyle Walker, who had fucking two attacker returns and played 500 less minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think what I'm saying is, like, they played two of the top four in the first 14 games, and if maybe they would have kept seven or eight cleans with Gay and now they keep 
six. Like I, I don't know. That's fine. So you're, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, looking, I mean, no, I'm looking keeping... at it more of like a season total, and you're looking yeah, at it I'm more not... for a fixture run. I see. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. more FPL, like game week one team. Right, yeah, right, I right. just don't think it, it should be like, oh, he's gone, take him out. Like the fixtures are still really good, and he should still get points. So. Yeah, I would just feel a lot better if they bought a replacement that isn't named Delph, but yeah, you well, know, you can't get everything you want in this world, Adam. Yep, agree. All right, so should right. we should we move on? Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of the players anyway, but yeah, mainly that. I also, just final thing is I, I took Callum straight out of the team. Oh, I no. Was, yeah, that was also one of the first things I did when I got home. I, I went on just a rant about how I don't want to... I First of all, immediately Tart said Callum's going to be eight next year, and then I on subsequently, the last pod, you mean? yeah, oh, and okay. then I subsequently went on a rant that I'm not going to pay eight million for an Edward Howe attacker. Period. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm following that. I'm following through with that. I, I still think that I'm starting to come a little bit more also around on the fact. I think that Bournemouth might just be a huge trap. Wow. Um, yeah, I just they're just priced like a little too high for. Well, hold on, let's let's get are. into it because we'll get to right. Fridger, Callum, and King. So let's just get into the players. So. Moving forward, like I said at the beginning, last week we did all of the premium price brackets, position by position. This week we're doing on the middle priced uh, position by position, and next week cheap budget guys. Um. So yeah, I guess we're just gonna start at the back again, like we did last week, right? Yeah. So goalie, what are we just doing? Five? That's it, right? Yeah, I think just fives. Okay. Um. So what do you see? Any any fives? There's this. Well, I guess before we do that, just it's an unusual year that they priced the vast majority of the yeah. goalkeepers at five million. You know, normally they're four or five, which just kind of is indicative of that bump up from like you know Ederson and Allison up from five five to six that they did. So. Everyone's getting that little point five bump, which I yeah. guess makes a little. I mean, it makes more, I guess, of an argument to just go for a four or five. But I guess it also makes the five fives a little bit more valuable. I don't know, but it's a little weird. It's it's, it's a little some weird. Of, some of these guys should not be five. Like, what is no. Dubrovka and like Foster no. yeah. doing at five? Yeah, that's no, insane. You know? Yeah. Um, Same. I mean, honestly, I think still Fabianski. They kept, he kept they kept seven clean sheets, and yeah, they're gonna bump him to five. That makes no sense. I mean, okay, so Fabianski. Maybe we should just start with him because their defense is so bad, and they've done <laughs> absolutely nothing to address it. <clears throat> Which I respect. Pellegrini's just mad scientist, <laughs> madman, his hair, etc. They bought like three expensive attackers, and their attack should be really, really good. And at the same time, he's just like, yeah, like Noble and Rice, like we got this. Like no midfield, Jack, no defenders. We're just fine. You know, we're we're gonna be fine. So all things considered. Their defense shouldn't be any better or really any worse. And Fab is still just going to get a billion saves and a billion bonus points. And all of his cleans are going to seem like lucky and random. But that was enough to get him 140 points last season. So, like, as bad as their defense is, should we still be maybe considering Fabianski? Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. should be considering him. I think that's for sure should, he should be in consideration. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that Noble is the main problem. I just don't think he should be anywhere near the eleven. And you're basically playing with ten. You're playing with ten men plus a red card shot every game. And I don't really know what he does. He's just such like he makes well, like I guess he, he ticks. Yeah. yeah, but they have six passers on That's the team. The like yeah. it's just Rice is trying to do the job of like two men all A's and and he's not even mobile. Like he's yeah, he's exactly. good, he's, but he's not. He just he shields and then yeah. they have no whatever. Yeah. I do think that there is a little bit of a. Optimistic outlook with Jop and Balbuena. Like it was their first year together last year, and they got some minutes. And they could just—they're both pretty young. I think they like they could get better. Yeah, that's Um, that's fair. The the fullbacks is a concern, but yeah, generally speaking, he has seven clean sheets last year. Almost hit one fifty. Nine clean sheets the year before, over one fifty. He's just going to be solid. He always gets over a hundred saves. Back, I mean, Swansea, West Ham, same difference. They're both shit defensively. So. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to go over 10 clean sheets to get you some points. So I think he's a pretty safe pick. It's just the question of, you know, is he worth 0.5 more than, you know, these shit houses at 4 or 5 who are also relying on saves and the team's going to keep maybe like six clean sheets, which is pretty, you know, I think it's in the same conversation. It's just, I guess, the save points are, are less known. But yeah, I like Fabianski. I have yeah, no problem I, with anyone who has him. Yeah, it's interesting. He's really interesting because it's it's the case that, like you said, like is he worth paying over the four or five guys? And there will be one or two or whatever number, maybe three, four or five guys that like roughly equal him, probably maybe even surpass him by the end of the season with random like variants and shit like that. But what you're paying point five for is just dependability, like. There's no way that he's not going to get like around 150 or whatever saves and bonus points. Like this shit is just, it happens every year. We don't need to look too, too far into it. That's just the kind of team setup, the kind of keeper that he is, et cetera. So you're yeah, the, paying the other thing that's for that important. feels pretty good. Yeah, the other thing that's yeah. important to note is for our game week one goalkeeper is you don't, Need to look at the season. You know, we're really looking between like about probably eight game weeks. Like you're going to use the the wild card by then usually. But even going to like game week twelve, like they have really good fixtures. I mean, the first fixture home city obviously is not right, good, right. but after that, they have home United at Everton game week six, game week nine. Other than that, I mean, it's just like Brighton, Watford, Norwich, Villa, Palace, like Sheffield United, yeah, Newcastle. Really, like really they're good. they're good fixtures. So. Yeah. Yeah, so he's good. Um, good. Any of the other five guys? I mean, Guaita, he's definitely the starter, right? Over Hennessy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we don't have Sacco and Tompkins, which who the fuck knows? I have no, it's like we don't have preseason games or press conferences. I don't know what we're doing. I have no idea what we've been doing the last three weeks. Tompkins is like, hasn't started training yet, I don't think. Sacco's back in training. There's no, obviously, no Wambisaka. Like, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, he's just not even remotely close to an option to me. Um, I think Schmeichel will maybe have like a time this season, but it's not game week one. Um, Why? I don't think. I look at him and I don't feel the same way. What do you see in him that you like? I don't know. They're, they're, I think Leicester are a really good team. And I think that they'll be able to keep some cleans just by nature of dominating. And yeah. when they have good fixture runs or, you know, they have a lot of the bad ones at the kind of at the beginning. I don't, I just feel like yeah. he's, he makes saves too. I think he's like, I don't know. He's maybe not. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I don't hate it or anything. <laughs> I, I just, I just feel like they're like a sort of middle of the pack defense. And the reason they're good is their attack and stuff. They're but score, yeah. 
I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe their attack is just going to be even even better this season and more drilled with Braj and stuff. Maybe they'll just keep more cleans in possession. It'll be interesting if Maguire goes. That'll hurt them. And I don't know. Yeah, Schmeichel always he's always five, and he sort of never is owned worth five. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, I, I guess the last one is Leno. I don't know. I, I don't really want a piece, even though I love him. Obviously, he's kind of a slack cult hero. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Leno emojis flying around the shop, but I don't know, dude. Ars cast, like, their defense is so It's bad. such a joke. It's just I mean, a I joke. like Ceballos or whatever. Like, he seems, uh, everything I read is like, okay, he seems really good and someone that they could use, but. And like even Koscielny is giving up on Arsenal, you know. Like he is Arsenal. Like I don't know. Once holding is back, and maybe it's like Socrates holding, or like a three man with like Callum Socrates and holding, or something. Like sure, maybe they can like find some stability, but it doesn't feel good to start there. No, yeah, you don't, don't want to. I there. think he, his ownership's going to be higher than it should be just because he plays on Arsenal and people just pick him based on that. Right, and like I'm not. Uh, I don't know that much about like goalkeeper advanced stats, but I do listen to podcasts, and apparently, like no one really thought he was good. Like going, he never really had like a good Bundesliga season. He was always kind of like below the save percentage that you'd want him. And last year, he just had like a fucking worldie for Arsenal. He was just incredible. So it's also a matter of like, is he gonna play at that level? Like, did Arsenal just? You know, five thousand IQ. This and he's just like a worldy keeper out of nowhere. Or is he gonna revert back to being normal Leno and just like their defense is bad and so it's gonna be bad? That's also another thing. That's like I don't think starting there is wise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess basically what we're coming to the conclusion is this: we're grasping at straws after Fabianski yeah. in terms of anyone we really like. Yeah, uh, Patrice. We don't need to talk about that. Foster at five is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's all I have on the fives. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Let's go to defenders. Okay. So there's a million guys. Um <laughs> It's harder it's harder than premium because there's only like six guys and we could just talk about all of them, but should we only do five five or should we do five oh also? I think we should do five oh also. Mm, okay. And just kind of I'm just in there's my head so I'm just kind of grouping them by teams. There are so few five O's. It might be better to do that with the four fives. Okay, I don't know. Let's just start with the five fives. So, yeah, Arsenal's got five five defenders. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, PVA. Why are why you, is Cook five five O? Oh, I'm just looking around. Um, yeah, PVA five five again. No Tompkins, Psycho. I mean, I just. Okay, let me rewind for a second because this is something that I'm going to be saying, I think, constantly throughout this pod while I'm just looking at these these guys. And it's an interesting maybe point of discussion before we dive in is like a lot of these guys, like I'm going to I was going to say the same thing about the Chelsea guys, PVA, like Leno, like whatever. In my head, I'm like, yeah, wait and see, like not going to start with them, wait and see, figure it out later, like see how they look, blah, blah, blah. But I think that's kind of an unproductive way to just kind of put everyone under the same wait and see umbrella because it's meaningless and it's it it there's no like defined things that you're looking for and I think a better way to think about it is like 
instead of wait and see, be like, what could they do early doors to make you confident in them and like bring them in or something like that? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, PVA. Like I want Pal. I would want Palace to look really good. I would want Tompkins and Sacco back. Like look really tight. Keep a couple of cleans and PVA to be getting forward and putting that putting up like underlying attacking numbers before I yeah. get in. I mean, there's literally nothing that could happen for me to want him until this like November until winter. The fixtures are horrible, right? But like, so. if Palace kept like two cleans in the first two and PVA is really far forward and attacking, like that's no, okay. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't get him. Yeah, I mean, you you got to play a fixture a little bit there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also I don't really. Th- Think five five is a fair price on him. Looking around no. the landscape, um, he just doesn't compete there. If he was five, it would be more interesting. He'd be a little more competitively priced there. I mean, he never really keeps more than five or six attacking returns on the seasons. He's bad on bonus, and he's playing on a on a fucking bad team. So, all right. I mean, and we obviously we know the best time to own PVA is like game week thirty four to the end <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Exactly. So, <laughs> he just racks up the attacking returns. <laughs> Um, so Coleman, Everton, Everton's got a bunch of five fives. Coleman's interesting. What do you think about Coleman over here? Yeah, I mean, I like him. I've we've both have always liked him. He's he's a long time FPL manager favorite. He's been scoring goals for FPL managers for a long time now. Um, I'm still worried about their defense, like I mentioned with Dean in the first part of the pod. But I mean, he's just good, right? Like I see absolutely no I think five five is a good price for, for Seamus. I think he's just good. He'll probably get injured at some point, but he's not injured right now. And I feel like he's just good. Like he has four or five goal upside. He attacks a lot. Um as of now, they're a pretty solid top eight defense with Gay. So yeah, I feel like he's just good. Yeah, the interesting thing with Coleman, just kind of doing a little stats. I know it's been talked about, but you know, realistically, he's competing with Dean for that spot in our team, and you know, we all know about Dean's like off the charts chance creation numbers and such. But just looking at the last ten game weeks last year, like game weeks twenty eight to thirty eight, Coleman played about a hundred and seventy, like about two games less, two starts less than than Dean, and Coleman had a XG of 1.2, Dean had an XG of 0.2, Coleman had an XA of 1.4, and Dean had an XA of 1.3. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Coleman had two big chances in those games, Dean had zero. Right. And Coleman created four big chances, and Dean created one big chance, even though he, Dean created 25 chances to Coleman's 12. So, right, because all chances are not chances are not. Great. Yeah, all chances are not yeah. created equal. Like Coleman's able to create big chances because he's overlapping, coming to the byline, yeah. doing a cutback, cut whereas back, yeah. Dean's throwing in indirect set pieces. So, and this is with two less starts, mind. So, you know, I I don't really have much problem if people starting with with Coleman instead of Dean. I probably would go with Dean because the set pieces are a thing, and you know, but I I do like Coleman. If you're really in a pinch. He's obviously not a model of fitness. He can't play three thousand minutes for his fucking life. He hasn't done that in like five years. But yeah. he's fit now, and we get a transfer every week. So 
I think it's a good place to start. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I like Coleman a lot. Like, if this gay thing doesn't happen or whatever, or they buy a replacement or something, I don't think both is unreasonable. Like you mentioned, their fixtures are absurd. They were a top eight defense last season. They kept a lot of cleans, actually. And they're both attacking and they're both fit. There's really no reason to not start with both, I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah Coleman, Coleman sort of reminds me of like, he's sort of like Robbo on the other side. Like he's just, he's just like a battering ram, always like sprinting forward. Like, and he's not like that fast or anything, but his engine is just out of control and he's just overlapping and sprinting into the box and he'll just keep sprinting and like follow shots into the box and cutbacks and stuff. He's so fun to watch when he's, when he's flying. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I like Coleman and those stats are really interesting. I didn't realize he ended so strong. Yeah, that is the one. I mean, I do like to look at, you know, when I've been looking at stats as I've been tinkering, I've really been looking at the last like 10 or 12 game weeks right. rather than just like season comparison. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's yeah. contextually a little bit more, you know, predictive maybe into what they're going to do this year, looking at how they finished last year. But anyway. Yeah, I think if you were um, like waiting, if you had like a waiting system of statistics, then obviously you'd weigh like, the last quarter of last season much higher than the first quarter of last season because you know the teams figure themselves out and and the shapes and the roles and everything like that it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and then you know the center backs are five five, but I, I think it's a little bit silly to uh, yeah. to go there, right? Why are the center backs five five? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I wish they would just. Price the players a little bit more to like promote diversity a little bit more. I, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, so the second center back spot for Liverpool is interesting. What, they're all five five. What do you What do you think? I mean, I think it's Gomez. I think mm-hmm. that he was. I mean, okay. So Matip ended last season really, really well. Like he was incredible versus Barcelona. Really good in the Prem down the stretch. When he played, because Lovren got in there a few times, and then you know, good in the final and stuff, and he was just good. But I still feel like the the early, the like first half ish of last season, strongest partnership was was VVD and Gomez, and I think that it's Gomez's place to lose for the most part. So I feel relatively confident that that Gomez will be the guy there, but um, he also has you know extensive injury history, and and Matip, like I said, ended ended the season really strong, so he's right behind him in like pecking order wise. But yeah, I mean, it's something. There's something to be said for like why are we paying extra for why are we paying a million more for VVD if. If Gomez is nailed, he's a million cheaper, and VVD really doesn't have much of like a an attacking return history. Even though last season four goals, four assists, probably you know overperforming his stats a bit. So why are we paying six five for VVD if we think if we think Gomez is nailed? Well, I don't think that. So you you think that, right? I think it's very up in the air, and I don't know how he's going to view the competitions and who's going to be playing consistently there. I just don't. I yes, obviously, I think Gomez is better than Mott. Obviously, Matip is whatever, and Lovren. But you know, you're going to have about sixty games this year. I just don't feel comfortable there. But I do think that the attacking intent from VVD plus bonus point magnet plus never. Not playing is is definitely That's worth why a million. We're paying. 
Yeah, I think it so. is I mean, interesting this comes when back you look to the at the attacking, thing. the attacking returns, though, right? Because it's like he had four goals, four assists. The previous season, there's zero goals, one goal, three goal, and he's never gotten another assist besides four last season. Yeah, the assist is a weird one. I mean, four assists from a center back is very unusual. That's but very weird. I'm obviously haven't done this these numbers, but I suspect that Liverpool get a lot more corners than Southampton used to. So I think the opportunity is probably like five x. Right. And he's also just getting better. You know, he's a monster. You when we watch Liverpool games, he's on the end of free headers. You know. At least once a game. Yeah, I at think. least once a game. Yeah. So, he actually didn't know. really overperform XG by much, which is interesting. He had 3.51 XG and four goals. So yeah, he got right, there. So, but it's yeah. funny, too, when you look at the assists because he had 1.27 XA, but only two actual assists. Two of those were fantasy assists. One of them, famously, the Everton one, where he just like scuffed an awful shot that bounced up the crossbar that Origi put in in like the 96th minute or whatever. Did he draw a pen? I feel like the other one is probably like a header saved goal or a header off the post goal or something matter. like that. But okay, but where we're, we're maybe he drew a pen. I'm not sure. That actually sounds kind of familiar, like against Arsenal or something. Maybe uh, I don't know. Regardless, you know, so he only actually got kind of two real assists. Again, not really overperforming that much. He just also got two fantasy assists. So. Okay, so basically, like the great little eloquent monologue you started this off, we need to wait and see. Yeah, I guess we need to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, community again it, with City and Liverpool. I think Community Shield will be you know telling. Probably going to play their strongest lineups before game week one. The weird thing with Liverpool is that they have Community Shield, then they have game week one, then they fly to fucking Istanbul to play in the UEFA Super Cup, and then they have game week two. I don't know. What the hell is the Super Cup? What is that? Some makeup. It's the shit winner of Europa Leavers, winner of Champions League. That's fucking dumb. I yeah, mean, and it's in the middle of game week one and two. Like they're gonna be fucking exhausted. They have three days rest either side of it, basically. Hopefully Klopp treats that like the mockery of a competition that it is and yeah. plays uh, Ryan Kent at a goalie. Yeah, you got it. yeah, one can hope, but um, what do you uh okay, so but this is the other thing, like you're saying, what has to happen for you? Like Gomez could start the community show. I'm not fucking downgrading to get him for money. I'm not doing that, would you? I think I would think about it. All right, Alon. Look at you. Look at you. My goodness. I think I I would think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Lester. Chillwell. Chillwell. Yeah, we actually, I think we forgot to talk about Pereira last week, but we can talk about him in this section because Chillwell, Maguire are both 5'5, Pereira 6'0. they just don't like Chilwell. I really, listeners of the pod will know that I really rate him and think he's fucking awesome. But like, he doesn't really attack that much. Like, he doesn't create that much. He's not. He's five five because he's like young and a high valued player in the like world market. <laughs> but he's not five five because he actually attacks a lot or has potential a lot of attacking returns at all, right? Yeah, he reminds me of a Dean Light with no set pieces. He just sends in like very speculative. I guess he's on some set pieces, but he just sends in kind of speculative crosses with his head down. The difference is Dean has his head up and he can actually aim his crosses, so he has a little bit better chance of getting a return. I don't 
I don't think there's much there for me. Yeah, uh, Joel, like, he's, I, he's really classy and he's really good on the ball and stuff, but he's just not that attacking. I mean, you know, maybe Broj will you know, push the fullbacks really forward and he'll get in there more, but I think that's more reserved for Pereira, right? And that's why he's the point five more expensive. Yeah, I I think there's something to that. I mean, Chilwell does create a lot of chances, but they're all shitty. Like he had 19 chances created in the last 10 games last season with zero big chances. On the other side of the coin, Pereira only created eight chances, but four were big chances. So right. that's the that's a big difference. So that's a huge difference. yeah, I don't I don't think there's much there with Chilwell. He is granted he's still very young. You know, last season was his first like 3,000 full minute season in the Prem. He could improve, but yeah. I, I'm not too uh, too interested in spending this kind of premium on on Leicester's defense, really in general. I think. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, okay. and McGuire too. It's like, no, oh, come on. He gets a lot of headers, but that still He's doesn't fucking... like equal lots of goals or returns. And Leicester's defense is not very good, and it's yeah. it hasn't McGuire's gotten better at all. Yeah, McGuire sucks. If he goes um, to United, right. we could talk about I'm it differently. Still, but uh, no. still don't give a shit. So City have a few five fives. We touched on Zinchenko briefly. What about? I'm seeing a lot of Stony Boy. I mean, in our Slack, we've got a few City heads, and they're they're pretty high on Stony Boy still. Stones. Yeah, I what like Stones. You, you like Stones, yeah. If we're talking about like. If people are trying to shoehorn in a five-five and you know squeeze out that extra money for somewhere else on the pitch, I find Stones to be more reliable than Zinchenko. Part of it is the nature of the position where center backs don't really need rotation, and if they're playing well for Pep, like Laporte last season, they probably won't get rotated. Part of it is also just positional like scarcity on the team like like i mentioned there's angelino and danilo like they're actual people who have played left back for city as if for center backs it's like automendi who's just bad and getting worse somehow and then it's like no one like mangala or some shit you know like they have no one actually competing i think he's on the books and they have like (laughs) a thousand people on the books obviously but um, you know, like he, he's not really, unless he's bad playing poorly stones and fucking up and conceding goals. Whereas, which he has in his which, locker. Oh, <laughs> he he's has a good shown history every possible potential to do that. But <laughs> unless he's doing that, he, he should make the position his own unless they buy someone. Whereas, like with Zinchenko, even if he has like a good first two game weeks, I still think rotation is, is in the. In the cards for him, so and they do still have Mangali's listed on their website. Good God! Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so I do like Stones. I mean, I think you know he's risky for all the reasons we just said, but he should be nailed for the first you know part of the season or something like that, unless he again really fucks up or plays badly or gets hurt, which are all. Very stonesy things, but you know, yeah, yeah, not yet. I'm a lot less into stones right now. I, I don't. I think Ottomendi is a diabolical human, but Pep doesn't, and he <laughs> has trusted him in the past. So Pep I don't know what it? he does, or <laughs> if he has like Pep's kids hostage situation midweek, and that's what's going on there. I don't feel as comfortable that he's going to be playing regularly. Yeah. Um, I would definitely monitor the situation for like first wild card. 
And similarly, you know, to the second center back at Liverpool for first wild card, yeah. that kind of thing. But going into the season, it's it's not really kind of where I'd want to skimp. I, I kind of do like Zinchenko a little bit more. I have to say, um, why? I I don't know. I, well, I don't know anything about Angelino, but from what I've seen, he was bought to be a backup and third choice at that. And with Mendy dead, I just don't think I don't I don't know. There's much competition there. I mean, he's at least Mendy's played like seven thousand minutes in the Prem, and he's a known quantity for Pep. I mean, Angelino, granted, you mentioned speaks the same language, so that has that's I mean, huge. I don't know, that's, that's huge. That's fucking huge. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I'm just saying I don't I don't know that he's going to thrust him straight into the league. Like I expect him to get like cup games and all this fucking nonsense games, not not league games. So I don't know. Yeah. That's that. Okay. Yeah, right. it's definitely definitely worth monitoring for sure. All right, sure. all right. Uh, United. Yeah, so their entire back four are five five. Um, okay. I mean, okay, so this is sort of similar to what I was saying about Gay, but it's very hard for me in my pee brain to try and quantify <laughs> the like. Expected goals allowed value of one player, if you know what I mean. Like, so they're basically that we they have the same expected back four as last season, except swap in Wambasak, who's you know one of the best defensive right backs in the league, if not the best. Swap him in for Ashley Young, who's just a complete joke, mockery of life, terrible at football. And what is the actual value of that? Like, does that make them like? 10 XG better? That seems way too high. And their their numbers were... <laughs> 10? The fucking right back? Are you I'm, kidding I'm just me, like dude? Maybe Are you throwing high? out numbers out there. Like, <laughs> maybe like one? I don't know. Yeah, 1. like 1, 1 or 2 or 3. It's, not, like, it's not, not, not appreciable. And like, if you look at their numbers last year, that does not really make them better in, in like the overall like standings, they're still a mostly bad defense. They still have not addressed midfield. They still have De Gea, who's like, is he going to be terrible? Is he going to be really good? Who knows? He's probably just making sex tapes all summer. He should be working on like <laughs> blocking shots. But so I don't really feel like <laughs> I don't really feel like United have like really improved defensively despite getting like I said like the best defensive right back in the league. You know what I mean? So my my biggest thing with United is if he's going to get his head out of his ass and play McTominay every fucking game first name in the team sheet because it that's seems something like I think he will but his partner still going to Matic, right? Yeah, Matic. that's fine. Matic has looked somewhat decent recently, but McTominay, I think, can maybe bring the best out of Matic because he's more mobile and maybe Matic can do more like shithouse Matic things and okay. not be like making red card challenges because he gets pulled out of position or something. Yeah. If McTominay starts playing regularly, which I think he will, I hope he does anyway, um, I think that'll be a big boon for their defense. Um, I also, you know, I've seen some 4 2 3 1 instead of 4 3 3. That's a little bit concerning. I'm not sure how that fits in then with Pogba if he would be at the pivot or something, so I don't know. Right. But if he goes to the four three three with Paul McLadene and Matic behind, you know, whoever the fuck up top, I feel like they I mean they could probably do around twelve, maybe ten, twelve this year. Right. And so that's still not what we're looking for for five five. Because because no, none no. of them really <laughs> offer much attacking, right? I mean like Shaw got five assists last season that feels like Sure, like he maybe he'll get yeah. five assists again, but we're talking about the guys they're competing with, like just 
the guys we just talked about, like Dean and Coleman, like yep. they're nowhere near the attacking abilities. And we're basically saying their defenses are the same if Everton's not better. Yep. So to me, none of these guys are really offering value. I would love if United bought a defensive midfielder and just shipped Montage back to like fucking Bosnia, wherever he's from. Then I would feel a lot better <laughs> about their team and like stopping attacks. As of now, I'm just like, they added a good defensive right back. They're still just gaping holes in the middle of the pitch. I don't really feel good about their defenders. Yep, I agree. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad that everyone and their dog are United def- fans because they're like very highly on. So that's good for us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird with um, with Wambi Saka, right? Because it's like we know he's like elite tackling, defensive stuff. Oh, he's from Yugoslavia, not Bosnia. I didn't remember. Well, Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. I know, so but that's what's from. listed on his. You know, that's his place of birth. So yeah, he's Serbian life. now, but yeah. Um, it, with Juan, it's interesting because we know like his defensive prowess is so good. We know he's so good on bones, but we also don't really know what he Dude, offers we're spending attacking. way too much time talking about United defense. I'm, just, I'm talking on. about Juan because I think he's really highly owned and a lot of people are excited about him. And it's just all I wanted to say, basically, in short, he's 35% owned right now. It's like, okay. all right, it's not short enough. Let's Palace go. plays so conservatively that we don't really know what he can do attacking wise. And it's very unproven, so I just I just don't like it. Okay, that was too long. Okay, Sorry. Good, that was terrible. Uh, Richie five five. I don't want to touch that. I think let's. I think we Richie are not five going. Five. It's funny. We're not going into the five millions. This is going to be too long. So too let's long. just okay, do. So the, let's do five five. Yeah. This, uh, just Spurs. Just Spurs. Spurs. Basically, there's Emerson, Richie, and Spurs are like the the last guys that we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um. I mean, Spurs. We kind of did talk about last week because we talked yeah. about the fact that like. Lloris is the same price and just better. He just gets more points because of saves and more bonus because of saves. And so they're all kind of bad. I mean, there's there's a chance that Aurier or KWP... Foyth. Or Foyth or something. No, what? Yeah, he's, he plays right back. I guess so, yeah. I mean, he played right back in that game. He got a red card. Like, was that like the last <laughs> yeah. game of the season or something? I'm just, I'm just calling out. Yeah, Spades there's Spades. a chance he there's a five-zero right back, but we know, we know by now that Potch just rotates fullbacks anyway. So, like, yeah. they're probably both going to play half the season. So, I don't really like that. And then, yeah, it's just Toby and Vert at five-five. Neither do any attacking whatsoever. And Hugo just gets more points. Uh, yeah, it's just not, not much value there. It's a mess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's go to midfield. Okay. Where are we at? We're, we're like 40 something minutes. We're okay. Um, midfield. So, what's our bracket here? Should we do seven and up or six, five and up? Well, where did we end last pod? Eight, five? Yeah. We, Pogba was the cheapest guy, I think, that okay. we did yeah, last let's, pod. Let's yeah, the do, eight, five. I don't know. Let's do six, five and up, maybe. Six, five and yeah, up. Let's, Let's do seven and up. Let's leave the six fives for next pod because there's not much in the five five and shit. Okay. Okay. Um, so eight. So we got Rich Sig and Bill. Um, yeah. What do you What do you see there? I mean, so you've been on Rich for a long time. You shouted him hardcore. I was on Rich for a long time. I recently tinkered him out for Kevin. Like I said at the beginning, I still really like him, and I still think that for eight, you're getting a guy who will probably reach his 
8.0 value or a lot of potential to surpass it if he just like comes into his own this season and hits high goal scoring numbers, which he's capable of, which I like. Singy, I don't see that much upside. And Bilva is something that we probably need to talk more about, but I also don't see that much upside there. So I don't like those picks as much. So one, uh, about Siggy, what about just looking at the fixture run and wanting to pile up assets yeah, for that? Right. Like, do you think that that's enough to sway, or do you st- still think he's kind of overpriced, not much upside? No, I think that's reasonable. I think you find a good fixture run. Siggy is someone with like you know pretty high goal involvement, that type of shit, because he's just in the middle of the pitch and like takes a lot of shots, creates some chances and stuff like that. He was he was third in the team in, in fantasy goal involvement last season. So you like that. If you back Everton to ride this fixture run and like score a lot of uh, goals and just be good, then Richarlison and Siggy are both are both vaulted up for me in in that run. But I and from like a season perspective, I feel like Siggy just doesn't have much higher upside than like, you know, what he's done in the past and what he did last season, which is still really good, but it's just like buying someone with upside is usually better, I think, and that's where you like squeeze out value. Mhm. Um okay, so let's let's go over to Bill. So I just did just a, a very quick little stat comp Looking yeah. at Bilv to Sig last ten game weeks, and yeah. Bilv Bilv tops him with uh, about 150 less minutes. Um, XG with is Bilv 0.25 less than 2.5 to 2.75. XA Bilv 2.4 to 1.74 for Sig. Um, you know, shots, shot attempts, shots in the box, both more for Bill than again, you know, 150 less minutes. Yeah. Um, Pen area touches 71 to 42, again, in Bill's favor with 150 less minutes. Um, I don't know. I, I just, again, I, I think that the being on in the city machine and he's started the season playing a lot more defensive positions and towards the end of the season, he was like in the front three over on the right side. Um, I just I, I don't know. You you just don't you think he's going to still be that hockey guy and he's not going to shoot yeah, I, enough? I, I, I just it, like people get offended when I talk about Bill. Like we always get like hate mail when I talk about Bill because I don't rate him highly as an FPL player. I obviously rate him IRL. He's fucking great and so fun to watch and so good, but FPL, I mean, he's not really like, yeah, he played in the front three to end the season, but he didn't, that didn't like improve his numbers. Like his season average numbers were basically the same in the last 10 as they were for the entire season. So, like, I don't care where he's playing. It doesn't, if it doesn't change it. Like his goal involvement is very low. Um, with Kev's return, his minutes will probably be more inconsistent. There's more competition for the places with Rodrigo and Kevin now in. Um, you know, maybe if Sonic, mean, maybe if Sonic goes, yeah, then maybe he starts in the front three more. But again, like that didn't improve his numbers as he still yeah. was like, you know, just cutting inside and yeah. playing at the top of the box and stuff. And, you know, like he, he's basically put up the same attacking numbers as he was putting up in, like, fucking France, you know? Like, he didn't... Like, it seemed like he had this, like, coming alive, insane season last season because he did in a lot of non-FPL ways with, like, his work rate and his dribbling and his tackling and all that shit. But, like, he put... 
scored seven goals last season, six the year before, eight the year before, seven the year before, nine the year before. It's the same shit. And he got seven assists, which is like pretty good, but nothing crazy. I just look at him and I'm like, okay, what's his upside? Like 10 and 10 or something would be like career highs in both goals and assists. And I'm like, well, I can find 10 and 10 in like Maddo. I can find 10 and 10 upside in like seven, seven million guys, Philly Bay Anderson or something. And I'm like, I just don't understand why I'm paying eight for that. And I feel like he's just overpriced because he's on city. And I think it's bad value. Okay. That's fair. I, that is, I'm, I think I've been trying to talk myself into him. And I mean, initially I didn't really think of him much as a pick and you're, you're hitting, hitting on a lot of the points that I think I've been trying to suppress. Right. In my own mind, my psyche. Right. I mean, he, he, it's sort of similar to like, you know, obviously he's a lot cheaper, but it's sort of similar to like Firmino or something. And it's like, we're not going to spend a Liverpool spot on Firmino, even though his numbers are good and maybe he'll improve on them, you know, or whatever and have a big season. It's like for Firmino and likewise for Bernardo to be value, they have to like, turn into different players, you know, like Bill has to turn into Kev and play 3,000 minutes. And that's just not happening. Well, he, he almost hit 3,000 last year. But anyway, okay, so Bill, a little bit unsure still, but yeah, I don't he's still the kind of player that I'm, I'm not you know, going to really go on a mountaintop and yell at you about having him. I still think it's reasonable. Um, it's reasonable. He, it's the type of thing I just don't understand. I, well, what the, there is also just the thing that is every year he gets better and better. So you can but, also but just not attacking, not FPL numbers. Well, he's. I mean, he did get. Yeah, I guess that's you're right. what I. That's right. what I was trying to say. It's like the year before he joined City, he had eight goals and nine assists. You know, I don't think like his heat map and where he's been playing on the, like the attacking front three right wing. Like he hasn't been doing that. Like he has was consistently towards the end of last season, so I don't know if there's something to that. If he's in, the, if he's over there for the full season and not playing fucking fullback or, or in like the central Free midfield area or whatever. If he's yeah, like if he's if he's playing there, I don't know. Like I'm I sure know. I can go deeper into it, but just last ten games, you know. So his his non penalty x goals per ninety was point two six. Last ten games of last season, point two six. Point. You know, two six three, and it's same basically with his XA. Like it, it's the same as his season long numbers are the same as his last ten game numbers. So that's where I'm Bill, like, Bill's. I'm seeing XG non pen is two point five. Um, I was saying per ninety. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Okay, I mean it's just divided by the minutes or whatever, but it's the same shit. I mean, so like his numbers didn't increase in the last 10 games of the season where I agree he kind of moved up and played more consistently on the wing. I thought we were playing checkers. Did you just switch to chess? <laughs> I don't know, bro. Bill, a lot, very, very popular pick, Bill. And I think people are just lying to themselves and they should be getting up to Kev if they want if they want the, that. Yeah, I guess maybe. I guess it's also when I look at him compared to like Siggy, I am not that convinced that Siggy's like such a better option. Right. I, I agree with that. Well. I so, agree with that. <coughs> Oops, excuse me. All right. So 7 5. A lot of, lot of action. Lot of, there's a lot of soup at 7 5. I think 7 5 might be the new 5 5. Um, yeah, and, and 
fucking desert bug on Slice said, how many soupy mid-tier players is too many soupy mid-tier players? Can you get indigestion from soup? Serious question. How many players are you willing to be punty on at the start of the season? I mean, there's so much soup in this pod and even more in next pod. Yeah, like Ozil, uh, they keep signing players. Ugh. I, he, you just can't go there, especially with it's a two game week punt. I, I, I had my fun with like having about a week or so of just having him yeah. in my team because it's nice, but it's it's just such insanity. Um, what what are you looking at with Phrase? See, I like Phrase. Like, yeah, he's. I, I just I just don't like Phrase. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like. Real life hatred aside, I like him from a fantasy perspective. Like, so when I was talking about like what's Bilva's upside, like what's his season or career highs and like goals and assists, blah, 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 like is he gonna outproduce seven goals, 14 assists of Phrase last season? I don't really see that. You know, and Phrase is 0.5 cheaper and just created a trillion chances and had his like breakout year and he's seven five and like. You know, obviously Bournemouth are not even in the same stratosphere of city, but you know, Phrase underperformed his expected assists. <laughs> you know, like he was a monster last season in every regard. And any time they returned points, it seemed like he was evolved and he was the assister. And while Callum's fit, which he is right now, you know, I feel like he's just good. And they have a nice run. Seems good. <laughs> I don't know. I I just how sustainable is him creating big chances for fun? I just don't get it. Like I still don't think Bournemouth are very good. I don't really understand them in general. And I mean, I've said this on the past that they're a blind spot for me. I always have trouble with them. Yeah. And a- analyzing and having their players at the right time, but he doesn't have a lot of goals in him, which is annoying to me. And I Yes, Callum's fit, and he's obviously better than Josh King, but he's creating big chances for kind of bad players. I, I Callum misses a lot of big chances. I mean, he's yeah, he probably not going to ever hit his XG because he's just. There's a reason why Chelsea's not buying him. I mean, there's a reason why he's still at Bournemouth. He's just not that good. I don't think he's. Well, there's I mean, also we're a reason that him. Fraser underperforms his XA, and it's because he's exactly plays for those exactly. Players. But, but exactly. that said, he still had 14 assists last season. Yeah, which is a ton, and I mean that's great. And they do have a, a bunch of green fixtures coming up in the in the beginning term. But I don't like paying market value for these. Like, I don't think he's has. I don't think there's a one percent chance that he has more than twenty one returns this season. Which is I last think that's, season. Yeah, yeah. No, I that think that's like, fucking insane. Yeah, no, I, I think Bournemouth. When Bournemouth were hot last season, that's the best version of Bournemouth. Yeah, and that you know that happens very sporadically, and they would have a few really easy fixtures and just not show up and score one goal and look like shit and lose to bad teams. Like yeah, they're not a good like team. Fitness was the major. It could have been to me, and I, I should look back at this. To me, it seemed like when like Brooks, Fraser, Callum were fit, they were scoring lots of goals and creating huge chances. And when like they were missing a key cog, they were just like pretty bad. Yeah, that's. I'm sure there's something to that, but so that's one thing with phrase that I'm just a little bit ugh yeah. about. And yeah. the other thing is, I I genuinely don't think the fixtures are very good. I mean, okay, I think the first two are fine. I I don't think that Sheffield United are going to be you know world beaters, but 
if they're pl- if they're packing five in defense, which I expect, I mean, I'm not sure that's going to be some cricket score. And then at Villa, Villa's first home game, that that's a good fixture. But then after the first two, I mean, I think you could talk yourself into either way. But I mean, it's two promoted sides nonetheless. Like, okay, you'll take that. But home city, obviously, that's horrible. At Leicester, I think, is just bad. I think that they're going to just lose that game and be outplayed completely in every facet of the game. But I expect them to probably score. Yeah, maybe one. You know, maybe one. But I I don't think that that's a good fixture. Uh, Home Everton, I don't think, is a good fixture. I think Everton are a good defense. At Southampton, that's good. I mean, it's it's okay. At Southampton, home West Ham is really good. Yeah, yeah, home West Ham's good. It's just... I don't know. No, I, I know what don't... you're saying. Like someone wrote in Slack, basically the exact same thing. Like, is are the fixtures actually a trap? Like Sheffield apparently were really tight last season, and they're really defensive and conservative. And like, who knows at Villa and then City? Like, are we just trapping ourselves into three blanks? But the way I worded it to him is like, yeah, Sheffield had like good defensive numbers last season, but like not as good as Cardiff did the year they got promoted. And we know what Cardiff are, and like Villa. Are good and they're like buying lots of people. They were awful defensively in the championship. Like they're, yeah. you know, they were conceding. I, yeah, no, like, that's this. Yeah, no, this is fine. And I'm, I guess, by and large, the thing that I am noticing is just like everyone's getting very swept up and carried away with Bournemouth. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen one team without a Bournemouth attacker. Usually they have two. And this is a bottom half team that we're talking about. Bournemouth is not a top 10 team. So I think that's just something to think about when you're spending 8 million on Callum or, you know, 7-5 on Fraze. Fraze is 7-5 and he, the only other players that are priced 7-5 midfield are on Arsenal, Chelsea, City, and United, and Spurs. So, one of those is not like the other, and that's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. The thing and that I, I'm I just want to interject with, though, is: Are they a top ten attacking team? I don't know. I don't because know. Last year they were seventh in in non penalty xg. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they are. Like maybe Le- like Leicester will probably be better than them this year. Like West Ham could be better. You know, Everton could be better. They're still probably like a top ten attacking team, even if those teams all get better. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, so that's something yeah. to think about. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just I'm I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical about. Yeah, Bournemouth. no, I think very reasonably skeptical. And maybe, ske- yeah, skept. Did I say that word right? Skeptical. It feels weird. You know when you're like, are you having a stroke right now? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I'm sweating <laughs> a lot. It's very hot okay. in New York. But um, I was gonna say like maybe. The skepticism is is reason to just have one. Maybe we're all just going a little bit overboard with two, but I still feel like one is is feels good to me. That, okay. that, maybe yeah, that's sounds, just me. No, no, one, one sounds fine. Um, let's and maybe instead of going, I mean, seven five seven. Let's let's maybe look at teams. Um, Chelsea have a couple of players in this bracket. We have Pulisic uh, seven five. William and Pedro are both seven. Full stay uh, away. That's a full stay away, yeah. I mean, we have some six millions. We got like Mount, we could talk about next pod, but Pulisic, 7-5, he's going to be in a lot of teams at some point in the season, I'm sure. He's going to be attractive for people to see. A lot of people haven't watched him as much as even you and I have, which is very rare for us saying anything about yeah. players going to the Prem. He's a little wee, a wee slight boy, and I expect he's going to struggle hugely with the physicality of the division. I mean, he's not um, even. He's replacing Hazard, and he's not even like I would, comparing them is not even worth like a discussion. You know, like they're just worse. 
Like Chelsea are just worse attacking. He's not a like for like replacement at all. And we just need to wait and see like what lineup they're going with and whatever. And maybe we can find like a value forward there or something eventually. But yeah, forward I'm interested. Yeah, between like Pooley, William, Pedro, like I don't fucking know. They they all seem bad to me. Yeah, we could we could bend them off. Um, and then, I mean, we have Dilv at seven five. I don't think that's even anything near an option. He seems like think? he's fading out. Yeah, yeah, he's just nothing. And then we've got oh, so Marshall. I, I brought up Marshall and Slack this morning before we started potting. But what yeah. are you what are you looking at there? I mean, yeah, I, I could see it working. I mean, I feel like. If it's ex- looking extremely likely, and all of our like United fanboys and Slack think that he's going to start at the left wing, like sure that could that could happen. But the the difficulty for me with going in with guys like Martial and like you know just guys on unsettled teams like United is like all that needs to happen is like they lose one game or they nil nil one bad match or yeah, something like Ma- that. Mata's in, and then he's dropped. Yep, right. It's just not yeah. even a question and. That uncertainty just doesn't do that much for me. And like, as much as okay. Marshall's just like super lethal once he has the ball at his feet in the box, he's also just like very anonymous for the rest of the game and like has bad work rate. And like, you know, there's like reasons to drop him. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, yeah. It's easy to find a reason to drop him when yeah. you lose a game. I agree. One counterpoint I will say is he does have a 20 goal season in him. Yeah, I mean, he, he has that he kind does. of upside. And the price is good. And that is this is the time to take a risk when we have our wild card available, kind right, of. Right, 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 right. Uh, so if you're not punting much in your team, or if you're punting a lot, but you're open to like a game week two or game week three wild card, he could be one that you know scores a goal and bones against Chelsea, does something against Wolves, and he's eight point one by game week three, yep. priced or something yeah, yeah, like that. Absolutely. That's a world. That's that a happens. real thing so, that could happen. Yep. I think he's one that's. Uh, so I think he's a good punt. I'm surprised given yeah, I haven't that. Really 50, considered him, but I like that. Yeah, and he's been playing. I mean, Rashford, I think, is not fit or something. I don't know what's happening, but considering that 50 percent of FPL players are United fans, and he's only in three percent of the teams, doesn't add up to me. Um, he's probably my favorite asset on United. So I don't know what that says, but I think he's someone that's you know a little. He's worth you know. Again, this is. He's not a fucking slam dunk pick, obviously, but he's one I think that maybe is not getting enough attention or any attention, and just one that you might want to spend, you know, a few minutes looking into before you just dismiss him. And you might end up dismissing him, you know, obviously, but not you, but like you know, you in general. So, yeah. But I just want to put him, put his no, put I his like hat, that a lot, and, and we did see him come alive in moments last season under oh, yeah. Ole. Like he had, he had some games, yeah. and yeah, he, he had like he some brace little... versus Chelsea before Ole, right? Like he had that weird yeah. brace. Like he... I don't remember that, but yeah, I mean he. He had like a five game window where he was just returning every game, and he's yeah. So anyway, so that's a guy. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. And then Alexis. I mean, I don't think he's kicked a ball. He seems. No, we don't need to talk about him. Um, and then the other fucking six million kid we could talk about next pod. Um, what else do we have here? Um, Palace of yeah. Wolf and Milvojevic. Yeah, I mean Wolf. It looks like we're actually not going to sell him. Hopefully, but. Wilf is also Wilf is another kind of, guy that I look at similar to Bilv, and I'm like, what's his upside? He's so good. Love well, watching. His upside him. is that he improves every season. So, and he already he, he had the stats this year, ten eleven, which is basically Bilv's upside. That's what I, yeah, that's so, what I mean. So like, I his like him probably better like than 12 Bilv, and but at the same time, I'm like, is he the type of guy that's going to be like 
15 and 11 next season? Like, probably I don't not. Know. Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. But he could do, you know, twelve and nine or something like that. Yeah, it's like Roy and is so conservative, so like he's not gonna like all of a sudden take twice as many shots or something crazy no, like that. No. But he's good and he's he's also a million less. I mean, comparing yeah, to a million, Bill, less. I mean, he's seven million. So when you're looking around at the seven millions, you know, he's got the track record. Yeah, and that's right. And huh? yeah, and he's fine. I mean, he's fine. We're horrible. We bought no one, but he still should. <laughs> Do more or less what he did last year, so I think that's like a very like safe, not sexy pick. Maybe what do you? Yeah, think? his ownership is really high for that reason, probably because like he's known and everyone knows about him, and there's all the rumors always with Zaha and stuff. But like, yeah, like you said, like he's just really safe. Like when you compare him to other like trendy seven million guys, like I mentioned, like Mato, Felipe. You know, other guys we've talked about, even like Siggy or something like that. Like, Wolf is just so consistent with his yeah. points. So, yeah. I like that. And moving back to mid is good. He gets clean sheet points, he gets more points for goals. Yeah, he's horrible on bonus anyway. So, yeah, that's good. It doesn't matter. So, he didn't get anything for that being yeah, a maybe, so. maybe I'm overlooking him too. I mean, like, yeah, I have him he's, back. He's in. basically um, fixture proof because Palace are weird and uh, fixture proof. Team, regardless, like their home fixtures are bad, their away top six fixtures are good. Like who knows? So he's just, he's sort of a set and forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Okay. And then Millie, and, it's just yeah, it's I'm just not, I'm not going there. Yeah, the problem with Millie is you and I both hate guys that do nothing in open play, and Millie does yeah, absolutely nothing in open play. You're just praying for a lucky pen every single game. Yeah, it's horrible. It, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. no one wants that. So, what do you think about Matto? I really I guess like we, him. I mean, I guess we can't really talk about him without talking about the other six five guys. So, let, why don't we just do Lester and we'll we'll, we'll box that? Yeah, um, that's fine. I mean, so yeah, Matto seven, Prez six five, Tielemann six five. I think to me, Matto is definitely worth point five more than Tielemann. I mean, so Tillman sometimes plays alongside him, sometimes plays deeper. If they're playing a diamond, the Matto is by far the furthest forward, which they did in their most recent friendly. And Matto's numbers are just so good. And for like how young he is in his first season in the Prem, where he was sort of started the season in and out of the side, and obviously they were under 12 for, you know, two thirds of the season or whatever. Like, I just see potential and upside and just a really, really good player there. Yeah, I mean, I think Perez is Iose is definitely my favorite option of their midfielders. Well, yeah. So um, then going back to Perez, it's like a different. Like you don't compare Mato Tielemans with Perez, right? Because they're just completely different. Because Perez but you, is, but potential. you do because they're all midfielders six five. Seven, I just mean so. like their like roles are completely different, right? Like yeah, like Tielemans yeah, yeah. and Mato are mostly assists and pass and link up and blah blah blah. And Perez has potential. In like a four four two, which again they played in their last friendly in a in a diamond with two up top, like he could be an out of position striker and score fifteen goals, which like neither of them have remote potential of. I mean, there's no player seven million or under in midfield that is remotely close to Ayose's potential for goals, in my opinion, for the season. Um, I, I'm I, this was all was also talking. I guess I was prepping for the pod this morning on Slack. A oh, good bit, job but, by you. What I said? Oh, good job by you, little pro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Good job oh. by you as well. So I, I think he's just six five. He's, just, he's so obvious. Like it's just what are we doing yeah. with that? How could we not have him? Yeah, it's kind of dumb. I mean, this is a team that is on the outside chance of like a sixth place team this season. 
they're head and shoulders above you know most of the other players in these price brackets. And Iose's class, and he scored 12 goals for a fucking piece of shit team last season. I think he's just like fairly obvious. Yeah, and they, I mean, it, transfer fee doesn't tell us everything, but the fact that they put up like what 30 ish million for him, like that tells us something. Like they're, if they're really going out and Broad just saying like, this is the guy like I, that I need, then, you know, he's probably playing. Well, the the thing about him, I mean, he had two assists last season, which is poor. But he only had one attacker on the pitch with him every game he played last season. One so, or zero, because it's like so, the way Newcastle plays, like one up top yeah. and ten behind. Yeah, and he's got everything in his locker. I mean, he can definitely spike six or seven assists this season. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he he's he's just really good, and six five is too low. And I think he's a really nice pick. Yeah, I mean, he overperformed his ex-goals last season, but he's overperformed his his XG for four consecutive seasons. He's, so that's kind of just where he is. Av- he's and, better than an average player. Right. Well, and then I mean. he underperforms his XA every season because he plays with fucking Rondon, Hossalu, Muto, and like whatever, you know, like fucking John Joe and shit. And <laughs> now he's going to be slotting in Vardy, and like that's good. You know, Vardy's clinical and good. So yeah, I think I agree with you that it's probably just overthinking it to not have Leicester. I mean, like on the on the I know I keep mentioning this, but on the betting pod, I guess it on like we were both bet, placing long term bets on like Leicester potential top six. Like they're they're good. Like Leicester are actually fucking good. Actual good. And they're priced as if they're West Ham and they're better. So yep. Perez seems good. Perez seems great to me. <coughs> All right, so, so West moving Ham. on. Oh yeah, West Ham. There's Lucas Mora who should be good for like two fixtures when Sun is out, but then you're probably going to immediately transfer him out. I don't know if that's worth it cuz one of the fixtures is away city. Yeah, I mean, unless if you're wild carding after one game week, I don't think that he should be picked on your team. Yeah, just I mean, I started last season with him and he was good, but was imme- different, immediately different transferring him out is bad. Um, yeah, and then yeah, West Ham. So West Ham have a lot of attackers, and I'd be lying if I said I had any idea on how they're going to line up. Yeah, I also obviously have no idea. I I like Felipe a lot though. I, I feel like he's another player in this region who has significant ability and room to step up from a return standpoint. Um, he's going to be surrounded by better players. He's obviously oozes class, and you know we've touched on him a little bit. And you know the first fixture home city is very off-putting, but he's the kind of player I could see you know really making a mockery of his price tag. And I, I think he's just really good. So he, he's definitely my favorite midfielder on the team. And you made the point to me, I think, when we were just chatting on Slack, is like home city, obvious nightmare game week one. If that was game week like four instead, and you just swapped home Norwich, and his first three was home Norwich, away Brighton, away Watford, and then City, I feel like a lot more people would be talking about West Ham and having West Ham players in there because it just seems better to start with good fixtures than it is to start with like an almost automatic blank. But that's stupid because you're not going to just have the player for one game week anyway. So, you know, like I, I think we're 
getting like biased away from West Ham because of that huge red game week one fixture, but we shouldn't be. Yep, I agree. Um, the only thing is, you know, really outside of him, there's no one safe. You yeah, know? no one's and really nailed, including I mean, Lindsay. Halar- Haller is new, and yeah, I mean Haller, Haller's nailed. I think that's no, I fair. know, but his problem is he's new to the league, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like uh, I don't know. Yeah, and then, don't yeah know. Antonio sucks, and and Haller's Lanzini. also more expensive than Felipe, which you don't yeah. like to see. Lanzini, Fornells, Yarm—they just have a lot of action. So other than Felipe, I don't see much there. But I, I like Felipe, and yeah, I agree. I think that summarily dismissing West Ham players just because of the game like one fixture is really stupid. Yeah, because um, they have really good fixtures after. So I think that people should be looking a little bit closer. Yeah, and I I do like their attack as a whole and think that there will be, you know, there will eventually be guys there. Maybe, you know, Yarmo, maybe Fornals, like who knows. But as of now, Felipe is the only like nailed attacker at the best price, best value, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then there's forwards. Yeah, let's go to forwards. So. Should we do the same seven and up or or six five and up? Yeah, let's do seven and up. Okay. So we ended with Vardy, so we're starting on eight five, which is just two. It's just the United guys, just Rom and Rash. So what do you think about Rash? I think he's probably being overlooked, which again is really weird because he's United slash England striker, so you didn't think he'd be overlooked, but I think he's really good and he's probably of all of the attackers, the one that Ole is gonna build around the most, like him and Paul, seem like okay. That those two are obviously in there and obviously great and obviously gonna be good, and then figure out the rest of the team around them, sort of. And like again, like we touched on the fixtures last week when we were talking about Paul. They're bad. They're the you know home Chelsea away Wolves home Palace are bad attacking fixtures, and I don't like that. But Rash at eight five again. He has 20 goal potential. Like he starting an entire season and playing 3,000 minutes, which are things he's never done. He could just, you know, be United's number nine for the next long time, which is what they're hoping for, and just be really good and score a lot of goals and and be way outperforming at five. But I I don't know if he's that player. I'm well. No one really knows. You know, that's what this season is. But that's what I'm saying. Like. I like Rich. Like I feel a lot more confident that Rich has like that twenty goal season just watching him than I do Rashford. Like I just he misses so many big chances. He he just misses a lot of big chances. He he scored one of seven big chances in the last ten games last season. Like yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, and, I mean he's also still a baby. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I just I don't know. I don't. I'm not too convinced by him. But I do agree. You know, at eight five. On that team, I mean, that's you know, it's yeah. still a top, you know, top six team. He's per, he's priced like he he could probably earn that, but it's also an awkward price bracket. Like, there's just not a lot in there. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the, the price bracket is kind of cruel because when you compare to like 0.5 away as Vardy, I'm like, well, no, that's that's insane to go like rash over Vardy. I think is crazy, but. Yeah, I do. I do see the potential there again. Like he, he's twenty one. He hasn't really logged full season minutes ever yet. I mean, last season twenty three hundred is his most ever. And I just feel like if this is the season where he's starting from game week one, playing three thousand minutes, like yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Um, 
is it worth starting the season with him? Is it more wait and see on United in general? Probably I would lean more towards wait and see, but I don't hate the pick at all. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first couple are tricky, but yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah Rashford, I don't, I don't feel much for him. So Callum, I guess we've been kind of dancing around him and talking about him this pod, but you, I, I, t- I don't have him anymore. I'm, I will not start the season with him, I, but you, you still have him? I haven't not had him yet, so okay. I haven't really tinkered with the spot yet. I don't think that like he's must-own. I mean, we famously don't think anyone's must-own, but... I feel like he was just so good last season when he was fit, and he's fit now, and they I like their fixtures, and I feel like even if he doesn't outperform value, I feel like he just will be value, and that may be good enough to just start the season with, you know? So yeah. I, just, I feel like he's fine. I'm not, like, extremely excited as potential, but I think he yeah. should just be good. Yeah, and, and the one thing, too, with Calm, unlike with King, maybe, is that you have... 20 strikers you can downgrade him to after the first yeah. couple. Oh, yeah. If it looks like that's not a pick you want for, you know, the city game plus moving forward, yeah. it's an easy downgrade to free up funds to figure out what to do. So that that's a nice thing that's there. That's very um, nice. Flexibility, yeah. the key to stability, right? Oh, yeah. Alon, okay. That's an Alonism Alan, in. Alonism. <laughs> Big time. Okay, okay, okay. A uh, couple 7 5 guys. We have Haller, Ale. I don't know, he's French. Ale. Ale. Uh, you got the French pronunciation, <laughs> and then uh, and then the donkey on, the, on wolves. What do you think? Um, I mean, I I'm excited to watch Alair, and I think he could be good, but it's definitely not. I'm definitely not starting the season with him. Um, don't really see the point in that. And Jimenez, I mean, we ha- we haven't really talked about wolves yet at all because you know there was. Just only Doherty in the last pod, and and now I guess we're getting into Jimenez slash Jota, but their their Europa schedule is already like fucking them. Like they already have both qualifying games either side of you know game week one, so short rest before game week one and game week two. And Europa's just their squad is very small. They haven't really bought anyone of note. They just bought some attacker. Yeah, they bought this like here. backup. Italian attacker and they loaned in a defender and like sure but like these are not guys that they're buying to like compete for the starting 11 like these guys are just backups for Jimenez and Jota so I don't really like it and and it's interesting also that Jimenez gets the price hike and like Jota really doesn't and I to me Jota's just better like the first half of the season Jota was just injured and playing like out of like Left wing, not not how they ended the season, etc. But like, as soon as the shift happened where they were playing two up top, like Jota's just better, in my opinion. Like, better underlying numbers, like relatively equal on returns and stuff like that. You know, he finished with nine and eight. Jimenez finished with thirteen and ten, and Jota was irrelevant for the first four months of the season. So that kind of tells you what you need to know. So I don't really see any value in starting with Jimenez, who had his breakout year, and I'm not sure he's gonna. Be able to top that with how conservative they are. Anyway, cool. And he's bad. <laughs> um, so seven million. We really only have Chelsea here. So Giroud, Tamala, and Bats all seven million. What do you think? Seven million. I think full Chelsea stay. Forward. I think full stay away until if one of them nails down the spot, then we can talk about it. But I think full stay away for now. Yeah, I'm interested in Tammy. I have to say. I mean, I'm interested um, in all of them. I, I'm I not interested. I don't think Jerry's got a shot there based on his his inability to you know move. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to evaluate, obviously, Bats and Abraham on, on way worse teams, but from, like, underlying number, Bats is way, way ahead of him, you know, just, like, XG and shots and stuff like that. He just seems to be more of, what like, a... What are you a, looking at? Where are the, the stats from when? Just, like, any time they've played in the league, like, in limited minutes in the league, you know, even just, like, Last two seasons, where you know Bats is a mix of like Palace, Valencia, Dortmund, Chelsea in that time, and and Abraham has the one season basically. But it's just uh, to me, they're just both very unknown. And I feel like Bats, whenever he gets minutes, scores goals. And I feel like Tam- Tammy's classy and and like really good dribbler, and he he might be really good too. And I just don't know. And that's why I'm kind of just stay away. I don't know. I like Tammy a lot. I hope he yeah. emerges as an option. I, I think he's really good. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that one of them will emerge. I just don't know which one yet, so I'm staying away. No, I, I think that's prudent. And especially, you know, even if you have an inclination of who may start game week one, until we really have, I suspect it's going to take Fat Frank fuck quite a while to figure out his first choice 11 especially yeah, he's a fucking he's this is basically he's managed one season ever in his life yeah. and it was like fine not good or great didn't improve on the point total of the team or anything so especially when we have RLC and Hudson Adoy both going to be coming back at some point in the yeah. beginning part of the season to throw more spanners into the works it's it's going to be a tough one but it is really just that one striker spot. So if someone does make it their own, they will be in every team. Yeah, probably. But we've seen this before with like William Pedro and stuff like that. Like, oh, no. it could no. just be a rotation nightmare. Chelsea might be bad. Like they could finish eighth this season. That is not out of the realm of possibilities. And <laughs> eighth, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess and they is. just lost Hazard. Got Pulisic. They were like the lowest scoring team among like the top six, I think, last season, even with Hazard. So, yeah, and yeah, dude, Fat right. Frank is—he's no more experienced than like a fucking gym teacher. Like he has—he might be a bad manager. We don't even yeah, know he's yet. He's a club. He's a club legend. He's almost. a club legend, so he gets club leeway ledge. and stuff. But like, it's just silly. I don't know. Going from like sorry. With so much proven success over time, to Fat, fat Frank without Hazard is just like oh god. It's, he didn't go to Rangers to to cut his teeth before exactly, the big gig, yeah. right? Yeah, he right wasn't at, he wasn't at Molde just shredding the league, earning the <laughs> Manchester United job. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no other seven. So are we going to do six fives or no? No, let's save it. There's too many, and there's, and there's, many. Not, there's and not a lot of sixes. I think the budget it'll be good to talk about next. Okay, pod. so we'll save we'll save six fives. Um, <sighs> so, what else is on your mind? I mean, there are some questions. I'm not sure if I want to talk about them because we're already an hour and a half in, and I'm dehydrated and hot and sweating. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, I think. Next pod will be maybe the last one, but we'll have the community shield just done. I think before yeah. we pod on Monday. Yeah, season starts in two, next Friday, not this, but next. So I mean, maybe we'll do like a, a quick like Wednesday night 
pod to just be like these are our teams kind of a thing. And yeah, I think we should. I think we should maybe do like that. a panic panic stations pod on Wednesday. Um, it's like a pod version of lineup lamps. Basically, yeah. Yeah, I think we um, should do that because Monday we're going to talk about budget and be a little bit more structured, kind of like this in last pod. And then it seems like I think we'll need one more, probably just like hour of panicking and figuring out the last spots on our actual teams, which we're not really spending time talking about. I also just sneak preview, sorta. I think there'll be at, like at least one, maybe two fireside chats between now and the beginning of the season. So look out for those too. Okay, we got a couple extras. That's yep. nice. Yeah. Good job. Um, yeah, let's just let's just not do those questions. I, I can't do questions after just like doing an hour and a half on mids. It just doesn't work. Okay. Um, all right, and then let me do the anus slaps, the new sign up since last pod. Um, this is that the time for refunds is basically over because August first is rapidly approaching. So. You know, for all those freeloaders, thanks for checking out the Slack. If you want to stay, stay. If not, totally cool, all good. For the new signups, they they deserve their asses to be slapped. So we got Ryan Edwards, Johnny Bogon, Michael Weber, Stuart Healy, Tom Campbell, Rob McIntosh, Harold Johnson, Grant Butcher, Haza, and that's it. A couple other uh, edit. Edited pledges, but they don't get their asses slapped twice. That'd be unfair. Um, anything else before we get out of here? I think it was a good pod. I think the 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 Coleman discussion is sticking with me. Coleman's good. Yeah, that's that's resonating. I don't know what to do with that, but that's what I'm. That's my big takeaway from today. I kind of tinkered him in while we were talking about it too. (laughs) I did. I did Dean to Coleman, and then I put in Perez, and I just like I'm like, oh, this seems good. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. So we'll see what transfers actually get confirmed by next pod. Probably none of them, as usual. Just rumors and medicals and bullshit. Okay. All right, bro. Check us out! At fmlfbl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlfbl. Support us at patreon.com slash fmlfbl. Subscribe, rate, review, and cheers!